Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Taylor Campbell. I'm a birth and bereavement doula, as well as an adoption and surrogacy doula. Doula means woman who serves. And although I love happy births, adoptions, and surrogacy, the pro bono part of my business is in bereavement. I'm here to help you. I'm also mom of 18, yes, 18 children, with over 30 years experience in the trenches as a mom myself. We have a huge blended family, and I've also experienced the loss of our adult son. Remember, give a shout out to those brave enough to share their stories on how they have become parents. Let's dive in. Welcome to Becoming Parents. I'm your host, Jen Taylor Campbell. And today I'm here with Shelly Mache. Shelly, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am always excited. This is great. I love it. So <laughs> I love I'm, it. I'm super excited to get to know you and your story. And I, I know just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> I know just enough to know that this can make a really significant impact on women who are going through some of these same struggles. I think some mm. of this is, it's just, we don't talk about certain things enough as women. So I want you to jump into your becoming parents story, wherever it makes sense to you. Well, I'm so glad that you, that you asked that because a lot of times as parents, what happens is we get a lot of our foundation from childhood. And so when we're growing up, we don't realize it at that time, but our parenting style is being developed. You know, the things that that we learn, a lot of times we're going to pass those things on to our children, both productive and maybe not so productive until we're able to create our own style, you know, that we're comfortable with. So with that in mind, I grew up with a single mom who was amazing, who was awesome, who was strong, who um, who was out there making things happen for herself. But the thing that happened is what I learned is you you don't get to fail, you don't get to fall, you you hold your you hold your feelings because no one is going to help you but you. And there's nothing wrong with understanding that you are your own strength. But we also have to understand that being able to woosaw, fall down, um, trip felt none of these things are, are wrong. And so I wasn't necessarily taught that, yes, I was always able to lean on my mother, but I never saw my mother break. You know, mm. I never knew that my mom had, had bad days. I didn't know that my mom hurt. I didn't know that my mom had pain. I thought my mom was tough as steel. And so when I grew up and I had, you know, um, I was struggling a little bit with, with parenting and, and struggling with my mental health and not really understanding a lot when it came to me parenting because I was I became a single parent too. And so my imagery was my mother was perfect at this. No. You know, my, my mother yeah. always made things happen. My, my mother did this and my mother did that. And so who am I to feel like I can't do it or who am I to not make it happen and not make it happen, you know, successfully. This, this is what, what you did. You became a parent. So it's your job to make it happen and to do what you need to do. That wasn't the reality, Jen. <laughs> did you ever have a conversation with your mom about how you felt? And how she kept it all together? You know what? I never had a conversation per se like that. What okay. happened is, what happens with a lot of us um, when we look at our parents is, one day I found out she was human. <laughs> yeah. One day I found out and I was like, you bleed too? You know? <laughs> right. I was like, wow, you have feelings too? And, and it was just like a realization of, we're, we're both the same. 
in this particular way. And so it was at that time I was literally able to remove her from the pedestal mm. that I had set her on. And at that time I said, oh, okay, I want to redo this dynamic with my own children. I never want my children to, to see this glass figure. And my mother, she never did that deliberately. She came from a mother who made things happen, who made sure things were done. We don't have, have time to stop and cry for things. This needs to get done. That needs to get done. So she came from that level of strength and she poured that level of strength in me. And I will be forever grateful because I can take a lick and keep moving. But I wanted to show my children something different. I wanted to show them that there's strength in feeling in feeling not so strong. You know, there's strength in understanding I need help. There's strength in failing. You know, that's such a bad word to fail, but a lot of strength comes from failing. A lot of character comes from that and that I'm always going to be there to help walk them through, to help them see the other side and to share some of my experiences uh, about myself with them. And it's so funny because I was literally just talking to my oldest about this. And I was telling her the same thing, like, wow, you know, I discovered one day my mother was a, was a, a, a person. And I was just like, wow. And my daughter says, I never had that experience with you. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you've always presented yourself like, yes, I'm a mother but I'm a person first. And you've always shared, you know, some of the things that you've gone through, some of the pitfalls, you know, your experiences. She's like, so I don't think I, I have to have that revelation. And I was like, you did it, Shelly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember one time, one of my kids saying, I'd never, I don't ever remember you crying. And I thought, wow, what a disservice, mm -hmm. you know, you don't realize it at the time um, that you you want to just do everything that you need to just get things done, right? Mm -hmm. Be the mom and get things done. Yes. And when she said that, I said, oh, hon, I, I, hours, hours <laughs> crying, right? Yes. But if they don't see you, if mm -hmm. they don't, I think we are under this impression that we need to be all the things to all the people all the time, all the time, all the answers and yes. always keep it together. And mm -hmm. then if we show how hard it is, it's, you know, it will hurt them and it does the opposite. And absolutely, I, I, it was something that I had to change because I didn't realize I was coming across. I and didn't you know, feel that way. Right. And, and the thing is, we feel like we're protecting. We don't want to put things on them. They don't deserve deserve that. But there's right. a portion where I think that they should be able to see that we're human too. And it's so funny that you would yep. say that because growing up, I never saw my mother cry. I remember seeing my mother cry at my stepfather's funeral. And my mother is such a, a poised woman and she's such a woman where she's able to really um, keep her surroundings and everything in, in control. She's very much in control of, of who she is. And I remember my mother crying and she did the most controlled cry, Jen, I have ever seen. You know, while other people are, are like really shedding tears, literally I turned to my mother and she was so poised and so in control. She had one tear, one tear that came down right here. And, and as the lady she is, she took her, her cloth and just said, and went back to being poised. 
And, you know, and, and it's these things that I saw that made me respect my mother so much, but it also left a bit of, of a crack for me that I didn't realize until I was older and I became a mother and I was trying to figure these things out. And so my children have seen me cry. My children have seen me upset. My children have seen me struggle. My children have seen me excited and happy. Unfortunately, my children have even walked through me. At, well, um, yeah, both of them actually through, through depressive states in my, in my life. And I've been, I've just became even more comfortable um, with letting my family know, hey, it's been a struggle for me, you know, for, for these past months, or it's been a struggle for me for this, or I, I'm dealing with some, some thoughts again, and I can recognize it because I went through a really, really bad depression, uh, depression mm -hmm. years ago. So I, I recognize you know, the, these things that are coming at me again, and I need some, some assistance, you know, from you guys. So, um, I was so proud of myself that I was able to do that because these things didn't happen when I was growing up. No. And it's, it is really hard because we, I mean, I always felt like I was doing the best until you wake up and realize, holy cow, I am definitely doing my kids a disservice by not allowing them to see this. So, mm -hmm. You, you did recognize that in yourself pretty soon. Take me through your first child. Cause I know you started out as a single mom, but I don't know anything about that. Yes. 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 I started out as a single mom. And to tell you the truth, I really, um, I, I enjoyed being a mom. I enjoyed the motherhood hood journey. At the time I was still living at home. I had my daughter and I, I, um, I moved out. And me moving out and taking on all responsibility, I just didn't realize how much of the weight comes with that. I've always been very independent. I've always done for myself. Um, I've worked since I was 15. So mm -hmm. I was accustomed. I'm, I'm very much of a go-getter. So I was accustomed to doing these things, you know, on my own. I moved out of my mom's house. And although, yes, I, I had her support, the support wasn't right there, you know, just a bedroom away. <laughs> yeah. And so, right. You know, and that makes a difference. Yeah. And so even though, yes, I was still up in the middle of the night, even when I stayed home with my child, but there was just a difference in, in my mom being able to say, Hey, you know, let me come grab her for a moment. You take a little more time. You do this. All that was gone. You know, now I was living on my own. I was paying my own, my own rent car, working full time, you know, volunteering in the church. I had this small, this small child. I was doing daycare. Everything was, was on me. I was going through a, a really um, horrific uh, breakup. And all of a sudden with, with just everything, everything had piled up um, upon me and I found myself breaking. And then the, the difficult part of me finding myself breaking is I didn't know about depression and depression was, was not for, for people like me. I come from a Christian home. I come from a wonderful, strong black mama. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't do that. That's not a part of our community. If there's some type of depression going on, honey, you need to pray that away. And please don't get me wrong. I am diehard for prayer, but I'm diehard mm -hmm. for prayer and some help. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, there's nowhere in the Bible that Jesus was like, absolutely shoulder this on your own. I mean, just completely you. Don't you ever get no assistance. Don't you ever, you know. I I think it's so funny because I'm like, Jesus had 12 disciples helping him out. You, you know what? I have never thought of it that way. Like, and give I, me a band. I want the get. Let's get this band back together. But we don't. We don't. Right. We're right. women who don't talk about. We don't talk about mm-hmm. how it should be fine to go into a grocery store and buy tampons without being embarrassed. Like, uh, right. Right. Like, if we can't have those conversations, we're not talking about. We don't talk to each other about yes. all the things that women go through mm-hmm. and we don't support each other and we don't know that there is help and we don't yes. ask for it. So how did you, how did you recognize your depression? Because I understand what you mean as a Christian woman, you think you have to put on this front. Yes. Because everyone yes. else is fine. It's just you. Everyone else is fine. And the crazy part is I didn't. I know it sounds like totally off the wall now because we talk so much about it, but I didn't know. I didn't know that I was I was walking in this depression. I knew that I was so sad. I knew that um that I, I was crying all day long. I knew I couldn't get up in the morning, but I didn't have a choice but to get up because I had this toddler laying yeah. next to me every day who who needed to be loved, who needed to be fed who didn't understand, you know, um, the tears, who, who I tried to hide everything from, you know, who would lay next to me and, and, and kiss my cheek and kiss my face and put her, put her little tiny hands, you know, on my face, which then made me feel guilty because I'm like, how do you have this wonderful, beautiful baby? And she's loving you all day, every day. And you feel broken and you feel like you can't love her back. The part that really began to to get to me is I began to to hear voices. And that's something that I never admitted. You know, I was always afraid to admit that I was hearing voices and and I, I was hearing um things telling me she'd be better off without you. You know, oh. go um, she, you know, you're not good enough for her. You'll never be a good, a good parent. Just kill yourself. Um make 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 the world a better place it'd be better if you weren't here so i'm struggling with these thoughts not understanding what i'm going through and i finally reached out to a gentleman who was a friend and i was afraid to say anything to him so i said hey i have this friend and she's kind of struggling a little right. bit and right. she's just sad all the time and you know and she doesn't really know what's going on i think maybe she's depressed and now she's hearing voices like to say to she she's no good and to kill herself and I don't know what I was expecting but I know I wasn't expecting him to say what he said which was you need to get away from her she got demons and he started laughing and I immediately you know was like oh my gosh so now I have that on me too you have demons so now I'm like well you're not even a Christian you don't even love the Lord why don't you just you know so all of these things happen and I thank God every day because The reason why I hung in there every day is because I didn't want my little girl's story to end with, and my mom took her life. I just, I didn't want it to end that way. So I began begging God to take it. If you take it, nobody will question you. So I I would lay on the floor every night, like in a fetal position, trying to calm these voices, rocking back and forth, asking God to please kill me. Mm. Got it. 
So not yes. to take it all away, to just remove you. To, ju to just completely remove me from it. Because I believe my child would be better off if she didn't have this broken parent. Where do you go from there? Right? You know, I'll, I can tell, and people are always asking, did you get therapy? Did you get therapy? I never got therapy because I never knew that I could. I didn't right. know that that, that that was something I could do. I walked through this process for for probably a year by my by myself hiding from everybody i had lost um tons of weight you know smiling in everyone's face and i i was so exhausted i remember that i accidentally because i had been pretending for so long i had gotten really good at it and this particular day i slipped up and i said to my boss you know well who cares you know i don't care if i if i die you know i wish i could just kill myself and she was like, what? And then I caught myself. And she says something that I tell people all the time. Please never say this to anyone who's, who's suicidal, but God just knows sometimes, well, not sometimes, Lord, you know, but he knew what was needed at that time. And, and she looked at me and I was like, oh my goodness, you know, and I caught myself. And she, she stared for a moment and she said, well, you might as well just stay right here. And I said, why? She said, because God don't want no sad people in heaven. And I fell out laughing. But the thing, Jen, is I looked and I said, who's laughing? Because I had gotten so good at pretending I didn't recognize my true laugh anymore. And this was a laugh that came from the gut. And I thought that that was the funniest thing that I had ever heard. And for the first time in what I felt like had been forever, I saw a slither of sunlight. I literally saw sun that I hadn't seen. And the sun was coming up every day, but I hadn't seen it. And for the first time, I heard myself laugh and I saw sun. And it, it brings tears to my eyes even today because that was the first time I said, if you can laugh today in this second, maybe you can laugh again in an hour. Not tomorrow, not tonight, but maybe something else will make you laugh. If you could see a crack of sunlight now, maybe when you go outside, you'll see sun again. And so I start looking for the little moments, the tiny moments. I began to look for the smile in my child. Whereas before it was just like, you're here. I know you love me, thank you. But I began looking for these things and little slivers and cracks began to happen. And for me, that was only by the grace of God. The only way that I was able to carry through was he walked me through with grace, using my daughter every day, her touches, her smiles, her kisses, and a single laugh from my boss. And that's what gave me hope. You're looking for things now and you're, and I know eventually take me through that time, those, that first sliver to, I know eventually you got married and were there mm -hmm. other kids. And so let's take me through getting out of that depression. Cause I think that that's what gives people hope. There was mm -hmm. that first laugh, but then you have to start looking for it. Yes. Right. And, and, then you and that's what it was. Okay. It was me, it was me looking for it now because, okay. because I had seen that sliver of hope. And so my, my prayer was, if I can laugh again, 
in an hour, if I can laugh again in two hours, you know, don't, don't make it so big. Don't make right. it so big with, if I can just get through this day, that was too big for me. If I can make it through the, through the next 30 minutes, if I can make it through the next hour, if I can make it to get off, to get off work, great. If I can make it. So, and I also began, um, filling my mind with other things. I started listening to other things, you know, so that I can begin drowning out some of the stuff that was going on in my mind. And so I began listening to, to worship music and I began um, um, listening to, to more um, motivational speakers. Mm -hmm. I began listening to, to certain ministers. I was very particular about who, who I would let enter into my ear gates. And that includes different speakers and, and ministers. In fact, I was very particular about that because I understood then, that's when I understood how fragile I was. I don't think I really had an understanding of how fragile I was until I heard myself laugh and realized, oh, wow, I know the difference between that was a real laugh and I haven't laughed. Oh my gosh, there, there's actually a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of hope. So I became very conscious about I'm fragile and I can't listen to everything, including my own family, you know, people who I love. I had to be so intentional about that. And it may have looked like I was standoffish, but no, I was literally just trying to live. And it's, it's something that I don't recommend. It's something I don't recommend. What I recommend is at that first sliver, at that first sign, at that first feeling of something that's not right, that we get to someone. Yeah. That that we get to someone so that we're not in the position where we want to harm ourselves, where we want to, especially if you're a single mom, where you want to harm your, your, your children or, or anything of that nature. Right. Get to someone. My, my story and how I walked through was a serious grace of God, serious grace. And I'm not saying that God can't do the same thing, but I'm saying he put mechanisms in place so we don't have to do that. Right, right. I think it's crazy also that we don't realize when you get kind of sucked into even having a bad day, mm -hmm. not, not even depression, right? We're just talking, you're having a really bad day, how much negativity we allow in and how yes. much it affects it in like music or like you said, speak in everything. Mm -hmm. You know, once once you wake up and you've had a bad day or something happens that tips the scales, just the cascade of events that happens that we we allow. Yes. In. And it, it's almost like we are unconsciously trying to support the fact that our day is so bad. Yeah. But you are trying to consciously support the fact that your day could be good. Yes. And and it, and, and it was, and I'm not going to lie. It was a struggle. It, yeah. it was, it was a muscle that had to be built to where I was going, oh, what, what did you say? Oh, okay. I have to get it, get away from that. I have to have to be around things that, that are more positive. I had to look for the joy. And yeah. so that's when I, that's when I began, um, that's when I began going back to say, what, what is it that, that I love about me? And this is why I, I was able to recognize later that once again, after I had gotten married and left my job and had another child, I was able to recognize, whoa, you, you fallen into this, this depression again. And it wasn't as severe, but it definitely was about. And what made this time different is that I was able to, to look at some of the things that I had done before catch those things mm 
-hmm. and be able to begin speaking life into myself again. But ironically, Jen, even though that second bout of depression was probably about 10 years later, would you believe I still didn't feel comfortable going to therapy? Yeah, I would believe that. Shockingly, <laughs> sadly. Yes. Yes, I would. And that makes me sad. So you you got yourself out of it. You meet your husband. Mm hmm. And yes. get married. Mm hmm. I and get you're married. In a much better headspace at that. Well, I'm in a much better headspace. I know where I'm going. I know where where I'm headed. Um, life is is looking great. Um, and and I'm constantly I'm constantly building building my my tools. You know, because I right. think we we have to we we change as people. We grow as people. Some of the things that worked before, did, you know, um, yep. may may not work now. And so I was constantly building who I was. You know, what my goals are. Um, who I was personally. Who I was as a parent. And so now I I become become a wife. And because I wanted to be able to be more hands on with my children, we decide okay. I'll be a stay-at-home mom. And um, and my oldest daughter had gone through some things in daycare that I just didn't want to have to go through with, with right. um, this other baby. And so I decided, okay, we'll pull, pull back. We looked at the finances and said, all right, we'll do, we this, do, this. Right. We'll do this temporarily. <laughs> because I always had, um, I, I, I was always going to go back. I worked in the entertainment industry and I always had plans to go back and those plans never went back <laughs> to the way that I wanted. But what happened is I, I didn't know at the time that as I had rebuilt who I was, rebuilt myself, um, working with my identity, instead of me for, um, feeling me, Shelly, the person and building out Shelly's identity, which I thought that I had, I built my identity around my goals. Hmm. And part of my goals was moving up in the entertainment industry, which is what I was doing when I ended um, when I ended up getting married. And so I I left that, but I didn't realize I left identity behind because the identity for yeah. me was a was built around my success. Who are you without it? Who and so when I didn't have that success anymore, and when I didn't know what to do anymore, and when I was just my kid's mom. And as my husband is going out every day and he's, you know, having adult conversation and I'm picking Cheerios off my eyelids and, you know, <laughs> I'm running errands and, yeah. you know, our, our, our budget is, um, is lower now. So I, I can't get my hair done the way I used to. I can't pop my nails, you know, the way, the way I used to the, the front group changes because now the ladies who I was interacting with, they're uh -huh. moving up the ladder and I'm in mom groups and I'm talking about, you know, uh, poop diapers and, and it just became, who am I? And I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, I don't recognize this person. I don't even know who you are. I don't even know if you like Cheerios or if you just eat them because the kids leave them. I have no idea. And, you yeah. know, and again, um, I didn't know my identity. I felt unseen. I felt lost. I felt like I didn't have any worth. And I looked up, I looked at my husband one day and I was like, I do not like you. <laughs> oh, that one's bad. That <laughs> I don't like bad. you because, because I'm bitter now. I'm angry now. You're you're living life and life, you know, it's just it's just passing me by. And I felt like I had nothing. And I looked in this and and it's not that I didn't love 
being able to be with my kids, but there's a part of motherhood that people don't tell us about, that if you're not careful, you will lose all of who you are inside of this title. Right. And Absolutely. no one told me about that. No one told me that I could enjoy being a mom and have problems with motherhood. Oh, you don't say things like that. No right, one that told can, me. Yeah, you can be grateful that you're a stay-at-home mom and love it and hate it at the same time. Exactly. Right? But nobody told me that. Nobody told me that I could love my kids and hate being a mom today. <laughs> you know, it was like, you should be grateful. You have, you know how many women are, are unable. And I just feel like it's such a wrong thing to throw yep. in my face that. I don't get to have a bad day. I don't get to feel overwhelmed. I don't get to get to struggle because I have, I have children. I, right. you know, so once again, I felt there was no one to go to, no one to talk to, no one who understood because anytime I put it out there, I got met with judgment of how I should be happy. Do you know how many women would love to stay home and be taken care of? And it's like, excuse, you know, all of these, all of these, I work, you know, staying at home wasn't, yeah. wasn't a, a job. No, I work right. every day. Right. So when I went to the mirror and all I saw was my kid's mom, my, my husband's, you know, my husband's wife, my mother's daughter, my brother's sister, um, the volunteer at church. And I didn't see me that's when I realized I don't even know my identity. And that was a brand new metaphor, uh, metamorphosis that I went through and that I was so excited that I allowed myself to do it. I shed every title and I looked at myself with tears streaming down my eyes and I said, what do you love about you? And who, who are you? And it was through that that I literally began to go, you don't even know yourself. You don't know anything about you. Let's walk through this all over again. That's yeah. when I found my love for women. That's when I found I can love my kids and still have, have a bad day. That's when I found out happiness belongs to me. I can't blame anyone for it. That's when I when I realized if you want different, you're going to have to create different. And that's when I realized I could be a mom and, and I never had to choose either or again. Right. Isn't that huge? I think so many women lose their identity this yes. is this is happens so frequently that women don't know who they are outside of their kids and I think oh I mean for me you know you have to go back to well what did I like before the kids what have I like exactly to do, right like exactly and, and who was I you know what exercise did I like what classes did I like what things mm -hmm. did I you have it takes it takes some digging to figure out to separate you the mom or you the wife from you the person. Yes. It's hard. It is yes. hard. And then you feel like, wow, should I even be enjoying just me? <laughs> yeah, she's is that okay? great. But it's is it guilty, right? Then we guilt yes. trip ourselves and then we second guess. And then, well, am I losing my humility? Uh, you know, when I no. All stop. of those things. <laughs> All of those things. And it took me crack, you know, cracking again. So I was so grateful at that time that, oh, okay, because had I not left my job, had I not been standing in this mirror, um, you know, five, six years later with, with these two kids running, running around, had I not done that, I never would have fully discovered Shelly. And it still right. took some time to go, it's okay for you to get away from your children. It's okay. You can actually go to the grocery store and leave them there. Start practicing that. 
leave them. Yeah. We have a hard time. We do. And because we're so connected to our children and there's nothing wrong with that, but we have to remember, and I had to remind myself, you were a woman before you were ever a mother. You were a person before you were ever a mother. I had to go back to what did you do when you sat in that room alone as a child? And, and what are some of the things that made that made you happy? And what I found out is I love to just sit back and watch some comedies on TV. That's what gives me joy. That's what decompresses me. I love to be able to sit down and watch good times by myself to this day. Yeah. And my kids, when they come in, they know, you know, I love watching SWAT by myself and they know when they come in and they'll go, oh, it's SWAT time. Okay, bye. (laughs) You know what? We feel so much guilt, but setting boundaries with our kids teaches them how to set boundaries. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite words, boundaries, boundaries. Like, yes, create boundaries in what you can say no to PTA if you're not a PTA mom, but say yes yes to field trips if that's your thing. Like Mm -hmm. you have to figure that stuff out or you feel like you're going crazy and you're failing all the time. All the time. I I went back to running. That was one of the things like I hadn't totally lost myself, but I'd hit a low. There's a point I hit a low. And I remember my kids being like, mom, why don't you go for a run real quick? It wasn't because I was being a horrible person. It was because the best version of me came when I got to take 30 minutes to myself. But that's a lesson. I was like, wow. You know, I could have been hurt. Like, am I being a bad mom? Because are you telling me about the run? No, I'm not. But they just knew if I was putting it off and putting it off for other stuff, if I could just take that 30 minutes, I'd come back the best version of myself. Exactly. What a great lesson to teach your kids that SWAT time. Yes. Shelly's time. Yes. And you're setting that boundary for them. And, and everybody knows, <laughs> yeah. you know, that I, I, yeah, I'm like, oh, I love it. And so there's time where we get to be together and we get right. to watch TV together and we get to hang out, watch a movie, eat our popcorn. And then there's time where it's like, no. I want to do this by, by myself, or I want to drive by myself. My husband asked me a couple of weeks ago because I had to drop one of my, um, my, my girls off at school. And he says, um, do you want me to, to go with you? She, she's in college about an hour away. And he says, you want me to go with you? And I have been bombarded all day, which is people, people, people. And what I realized is, um, I'm, I'm refueled again when I'm just alone, That's my refueling when I'm just alone. Some people refueling is others. Mine isn't. My refueling is solitude. And he's like, you know, you want me to ride with you? Genuine, because he didn't want me to drive, you know, at that time by myself. And I I told him, I said, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to drop her off. And I need that, that hour to come back by myself. I, I need to be alone because so much has been taken from me today the only way that I'm going to be able to be refreshed again is I have to be separated. So, you know, thank you for wanting, wanting to come, but no, but I know that about myself now that my refreshing right. comes from solitude and just me being able to drive back. I knew I was going to have that hour to just drive in silence, to look at the sky, to, to enjoy, you know, the outside and just, be in peace. Right. I want to now jump into, and I didn't even tell you this in our pre-gaming conversation, (laughs) 
but I love to end when you're an entrepreneur with what you do. And so um, I'm really excited for this. You have books, you're an author, you have a lot of resources, you have freebies, you have been as seen on all over the flipping place. Um, <clears throat> you're listed everywhere. I mean, NBC, Bustle, CBS, you are a speaker and you're a certified life purpose coach. Yes. So I'm bragging your heart, girl. <laughs> I'm proud of you. So Thank I, you. everybody has your links in the description. They can reach out to you, but tell me, huh? I think I'd like to end. This is a surprise. I hate being surprised. So I try. <laughs> what is the single biggest you can choose the single biggest thing women come to you about in your business or the uh -huh. single the most important thing you would have told yourself like something in there the easiest way people can get in touch with you and what you do for them f with your business absolutely that was a lot but that's okay and you know if I drop the ball you just throw it back I'll over here back throw it back on. over <laughs> but um in a nutshell what women come to me for is they want to understand how to balance motherhood with life balance motherhood with goals and how to rediscover themselves after mommy. How do I rediscover me, the woman? And so that, that is what I do. I help women get in touch again with who they are and balance that with motherhood and, rem and remind them because you were a woman first. So we go back to what are your goals? What are the things that you love? And so I map out with them how they can balance motherhood with that without the guilt. Who wants to do that with guilt? Not I. Not I. <laughs> I love that. So people can get in touch with you and reach out to you. And I love that your your story, like all of us who are entrepreneurs, you took your struggle and you found yourself and you yes. wanted to make it faster, easier, and more supportive for women who are struggling through those same sort of things. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and it's what I love. And and again, in this metamorphosis, that's what I found out. I love women, you know, I love moms and I love yeah. for us to be able to find ourselves outside of motherhood. And I, I love that connection. And so um, I have a freebie that, that women can download and it's called mm -hmm. Powerful Purpose, Five Ways to Rediscover You After Motherhood. And you can download that to begin to, to reconnect with the woman that you are outside of motherhood. And we can also connect on Facebook. I have a Facebook group mm -hmm. called Moms with Purpose. And so we can connect there. I'm on Instagram under my name, Shelly Mache, and that's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-M-E-C-H-E-T-T-E. -E -E. And mm -hmm. all of these places where we can connect and come together and share with one another. And the one thing, Jen, that I would have told myself mm -hmm. as, a, as a young mother is it's okay. That's something that no one told me. Yeah. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to ask for help. I, I even have, have a freebie about it, about how to ask for help. The power of the ask. Because I didn't know how to ask for help. And right. I said, it has to be another mom out there who's getting this lie that we can't, can't ask for help. So therefore, I'm going to jot it down how we can get power in asking for help. It's okay to enjoy being with your children, just like it's okay to enjoy not being with your children. And so that's what I would have told myself, being, being a mother, being a woman, being a person. It's okay. 
Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and thank sharing your you. story. Oh, I love it. <laughs> thank you so much. I've enjoyed being with you. Thank you.